Hello everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost and you and I are traveling on the road. We are stuck in traffic. Well, we're actually moving now, but traffic is very thick and we are going to immerse, well at least I'm going to immerse my brain in the junk journal world and take it out of this traffic jam right now because I think that would be an awesome thing to do. So if you want to join me, come on along. Okay, so get a hold of this riveting topic. I made a huge change in my craft room and I'm really really excited about it and I think it's going to make a world of difference and I I it, you know I have to play it out in time but I made the change and we will see what happens so um, the change I made was I took my scrap box from the floor yes I used to keep it kind of like I don't know it was off to my right on the floor it was easy to toss scraps in when I was done cleaning my desk I just dumped them in there but it was hard to retrieve little pieces because I had to bend over um, not one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> Bend over and rummage with my head upside down, trying to find the right size, the right color, the right texture of a scrap. So I got this wild and crazy idea. Wouldn't it be great if it was eye level uh, with my seat? So that means I needed to find uh, one of my desks or tables beside my, beside my main desk to put my giant scrap box. And... Um, I did. I cleared off a spot on one of my tables and I, I, I do have to like get up a little bit and like reach for it, but at least I, I'm not like hanging my head upside down. <laughs> I don't know if you've had any of these strange, you know, calisthenic experiences in your craft room where you're you're trying to reach for things. You either have to reach really way up high where you can barely get it, but you really need it and you got to get it or go down low and uh, squat or bend or, you know, fold to get the little thing that you need. So I'm in and out of the scrap box a lot. So I figured this year, maybe I need to put things that I use a lot on the horizontal plane with where I'm sitting. And that just, I don't know, kind of makes sense. And uh, I thought that that would, uh, maybe, maybe make life a little easier. So I'm going to give that a try. I'm going to keep you all posted how it's going. Um, I'll be happy to show it to you in a video. There's my scrap box and um, uh, we'll see how much pulling I do. And I have to admit, actually, it's been a couple days now and um, I have pulled from it a lot more than I would have when it's down on the floor. So it also keeps Sunny out of it, my little sunshine, my new little puppy, because um, he tends to, to, he loves to get a little piece of scrap in his mouth and walk around the and uh, chew on it. Um, so that's kind of fun. And uh, so, yeah, kind of reorienting things in the room, not just cleaning out drawers, but actually reimagining the space a little bit. I'm kind of gravitating towards that. What's the new year going to look, look like with the, the craft room? Is it going to stay in the same orientation or am I going to shake it up a bit? We shall just see. We'll, we shall just see. So what are you guys doing with your um, craft room slash areas slash lap <laughs> craft lap. Um, a lot of us have craft lap, right? Where we just go sit on the couch, we will put on our favorite television show, or we're going to binge um, Netflix or something, and we craft away while we're doing that. Or we're fussy cutting or something like that. But, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's, you got a little change in the wind in your area too. You know, it's that time of year, right? So yeah, I moved my scrap box. That's, that's big news. And uh, let's see, what else is going on? Oh, I'm embarking on, um, I'm working on a new bundle kit. It's uh, just starting and it's uh, evolving. And, you know, I always change my mind how I'm going to do it as I do it. 
but uh, I'm really having a lot of fun with it and I'm really encouraging myself to follow that little crafty voice saying try this do that do that try this so who knows what this one's gonna look like should be a lot of fun and I've got a couple um, regular not regular like chunky monkey journals that I'm working on and uh, trying new things in there as well I'll constantly trying to push the little creative envelope to see what else I can come up with um, new ways to fold the paper to glue the paper to cut the paper so uh, yeah it's a it's a kind of a fun exciting time of year um I'm trying not to buy a lot of new things I'm really focused on using up what I have I have uh, plenty of scraps and I've got plenty of old ephemera and I've got lots of material and uh, um, I'm very happy I organized my garage because that really helps me brain think out and map out what I'm going to use when and how. So I kind of divided it into, I don't know if I told you this yet, but like one bin has what I call the heavier or upholstery material. Oh no, the heaviest bin is the quilt bin. I bought some very old, beautiful vintage quilts and, um, um, so they are in one bin. Then I have another bin for what I call the heavy upholstery material. And um, I find this a lot at all sorts of different places. So keep your eye open for that. You'll find it if you look. Look, It'll show up in your thrift stores and your goodwill. In a quarter mile, use the right two lanes to turn slightly right to stay on US 41 North <laughs> South Tammy Miami Trail. Oh, there you go. There, See, I really am in the car driving. And um, that is kind of funny, isn't it? Um, so, oh boy, lots of traffic here. Pay attention, Pam. Don't get, don't get run over. Okay, okay, I'm in the right lane now. Okay. So. Use the right two lanes to turn slightly right to stay on US 41 North South Tammy Miami Trail. Yeah, I know where I am. I don't really need you for about an hour. Okay, there, she's gone now. Continue on US 41 North for three miles. Hey, hey, I said I was done with you. Come back here. Where are you? I know you're in there somewhere. Oh, there you are. I see you. Okay, I'm going to turn you off. Goodbye. Okay, no, you're not turning off. See, there's no way to turn it off now. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. You may have to listen to her inter intercept uh, every once in a while. Interject, there we go. Um, gosh, there's a lot of cars on the road. There's a lot of cars on the road. What's everybody doing on the road? You should all be hiding inside your houses because of COVID. What are you doing out? Hey, you in the gray car. Yeah, you, you need to go home and make some junk journals. Because, uh, you know, there's peace in the papers. Doesn't everybody know that? <laughs> um, that's where I've been finding my peace for a while. Um, uh, boy, you know, it's amazing how things have changed. I mean, I had a lady, um, a very nice lady, email me and ask me. Um, she had some specifics about a junk journal she made. And she made one and she said, how much do you think I should charge for it? And uh, I remember that question in my head. What should I charge? And um, I was, you know, in the beginning, I had no idea what to charge. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, who would want my junk journal, I thought. And uh, if, especially if they could all make their own. Why would they want my junk journal? And uh, it's made out of junk. <laughs> and um, old junk, new junk fabric junk, paper junk, you name it. The junk went in there, but it was sure a lot of fun to make. Um, so anyway, I, you know, made my little journals. And then finally, I, I, I don't know if you've heard me say this in other video or other podcasts or videos, but yeah, finally I uh, got brave enough and decided, okay, I'm going to sell one. 
And what's the worst thing that can happen? It won't sell. Okay, well, I have not lost any money on that because I didn't have any money for it for the beginning, so there you go. Uh, so then I thought, well, you know, how much time did I put into it? How, what are the materials that I put into it? That has to factor in, right? And um, so I kind of tried to factor that in. And, and I also scoured Etsy to see what other people were charging. And I remember looking at Lindsay Zenor's site, uh, Lindsay Zenor. She has a Z-E-N-O-R, uh, um, a YouTube channel. And she has a pl- thing called Marketplace where she sells other people's journals. So that can give you an idea of what journals sell for. Also, um, you can even look on eBay. Journals are sold on eBay. Now, um, a journal is not a journal. It's not a rose is a rose is a rose. A, a journal is not a journal is not a journal as far as they can be very basic or they can be very elaborate. They can be very expensive to make with a lot of hours put in or they can be very quick to make and not a lot of hours put in. So um, there are a lot of things to consider. Um, also, what do you feel comfortable charging? Uh, what do you feel your time is, is worth? Um, often crafters uh, shortcut themselves on um, the amount of money that they will charge for their items because for some reason they feel that their crafting time is not worth a certain X amount. But if you have ever, have you ever gone to a state fair? Have you ever gone to a state fair and seen what they charge for crafts? It's a lot. Okay. That totally, um, you know, was surprising, but also eye-opening to me when I went to our Florida State Fair here. And I thought, huh, you know, these women were not afraid to actually ask for um, what their hours and their time and their blood, sweat and tears and their creativity and their um, uh, imaginations uh, were worth. And a lot of times when you think of it, people are giving up day jobs to do this. So they need to make a little bit of money in order to survive in their crafting or they're doing their day job and this. And, uh, oh, I hope I'm going on the right road here. Okay. I think I am. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's a, it's, you know, then you gotta, you know, you ask yourself, am I being, uh, am I not charging enough? Uh, because what if I send set a base price and then people will always think they'll be that price? Um, or what if I charge too much and everybody laughs at me for even considering that I would sell my, my journal for such a price? Um, so there's a lot of emotion involved in the pricing of a journal too. And um, I think what naturally happens is that people who make journals, oh, well, let's see, Tampa, Naples. No, we want to go to Tampa. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. All right. Back on the road again. Um, so people who make journals eventually often make a lot of journals because they get so excited about the whole process and everything. And then they got a lot of journals on their hand and then they think, Oh my God, I better sell some of these journals because there's nowhere to put them. Um, so, uh, and that's, of course, after they've given them all to family, friends, and, and donated them to the churches and the bazaars and the silent auctions and, and the Girl Scouts and the nursing homes and all that, and where everybody in their hometown already has one of their journals, then they got to seriously look at selling a journal. So, there you are. That's usually how it happens. The conundrum starts, and then people start to scratch their head and ask themselves, what should I charge? And uh, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, do what feels right to you. Uh, do what makes you feel good 
and what makes you feel proud and what makes you feel okay. And uh, then you just got to go for it and see what happens. And you can kind of let the market decide too, you know. Um, if people are uncomfortable spending X amount on a journal, then um, that's okay. Nobody has to buy your journal for X amount. If they don't want to spend that amount of money on it, it's their free will not to do that. And that opens up the possibility for somebody else. So there you go. I mean, there's, um, there's wine, there's wine, and then there's wine, right? Um, so you have many different categories and classes of things and uh, types and levels and, you know, numbers of embellishments and things like that. There's just a lot of ways to do this. And uh, don't get too hung up on it. I mean, if you're really nervous and really scared, start a little lower and then get some uh, steam under your under your wheels where you get a little bit of encouragement where you sell one and then you might get a little braver next time and you, or you might embellish it a little bit more and you think gee I did spend twice as much time on this journal I should maybe earn a little bit more on the next one and you'll build your own level of confidence um, and uh, I hate there's nothing wrong with selling journals I think it's a it's a viable um, beautiful a product that you're putting out there into the world and there's a demand for it and it's a unique handcrafted item it's a beautiful book that hopefully will last ages and be here long after you're gone and what a lovely thing to leave the universe um, I think it's a great thing um, I feel like one of my tires is low hmm. um, so yeah I mean it's a funny junk journal world. You know, first of all, you're just making junk journals, right? Mm -hmm. And then, am I still rolling? I have this funny feeling that I'm just talking to the air. Let me double check. All right. Unlock that. Put that on. Are we talking? Hello? Why is the time not changing? Oh, yeah, we are. We're good. Okay. You're up to... Th okay. Whew. We're a little nervous there. All right. I'm going to move over. There's a big truck beside me. Don't like big trucks. Um... Yeah, so there's there's a lot to it. it. You know what? Innocently, you were just sitting there gluing paper, and the next thing you know, you've got a thousand journals that you got to do something with them, and then you also have uh, somehow started a YouTube channel. You don't know how that happened, and um, then you've got an Etsy shop, and you're still trying to scratch your head and figure out how all that works, and then for somehow you end up having to understand instantly how all social media works oh my god head slap picked me off the floor how did that happen and uh next thing you know you're you're uh starting a podcast and uh next thing you know you know it's just it's you know all of a sudden the little innocentness of folding the paper in half and gluing it just you know took on a, a world of its own but i think it's really really important to remember where the fun is and remember where the joy is in the paper because let's say if everything goes to hoot nanny in a hand basket then all there's going to be left is you and the paper and the glue and so always keep in mind you got to find you got to have one place of sanity in life and um, for a lot of us it's the paper crafting and we'll be able to do that actually I'm going on a little trip um, and I'm meeting a, a girlfriend of mine that we have not, we have gone to school together back years ago in college. And um, we, uh, we stay together, we've been like friends for like uh, 25, 30 years. And uh, we're meeting and I'm very excited to see her. And, uh, you know, I want to kind of experiment to see what it's like to craft 
while traveling. I haven't done a lot of that because I have my, what I call my quote unquote setup at home. And I'm a little bit timid to go on the road and like, what do I take with me? Am I going to take the right scissors? What if I don't have the right glue with me? What if I just need that little extra embellishment that I know is in the corner of one drawer at home and I can't reach it? And I think I just need to get back to brass tacks where, you know what, you got to use what's around you and just create from what you have and stop feeling this need that you have to have everything in order to create a little something. You know, you don't. I mean, sometimes it's better just to have a few things to pick from than it is to have a million things to pick from because uh, you can get, you can drown in the, uh, your choices. When sometimes when you have too many choices, it's like going into Baskin Robbins. I can be there for an hour uh, trying to decide on my two favorite flavors that I always decide on no matter what. I'll go up and down and I'll examine every flavor just to see if there's another one that catches my eye. But I tend to always gravitate back to Jamocha Almond Fudge and Pralines and Cream. And it's usually that that corners me into I have to at least get a double scoop, right? Because I, I have two favorite flavors. And, um, you know, uh, I, I may have told the story, but when my mom used to take me to Baskin Robbins when I was little, I would always pick the weird flavor, you know, like rainbow bubblegum delight, you know, some, some kind of really disgusting thing. And uh, she would pick something sane, like pralines and cream. <laughs> and then my mother being the golden hearted woman that she was, I'd always have like two slurps off of mine and then one slurp off of hers. And then I'd look at her with those Bambi eyes and I'd say, mom, mom and she'd say all right all right Pam and she would swap me and she would end up having to eat the rainbow bubble gum surprise and I'd end up with <laughs> the pralines of cream so thank you mom thank you for all that now I would love to have an ice cream oh boy would I really love to have an ice cream right now um but uh um so you know one thing she always taught me was you're never stuck and that was her big lesson to me. Just remember, you're never stuck. There's always another option or a way around or through or above or below. Or um, you always have options. Just remember you have options. And I kind of try and remember that in my crafting. That um, we always have options. There's different ways we can approach things. Um, you're never out of ideas. There's always something that you haven't thought of yet as a craft supply. Oh, gee, this uh, lovely lady sent me these beautiful... Uh, remnants of Christmas and some of them were evergreens and um, oh I want to call it like juniper or cypress leaves you know that kind of not exactly a fern but it's sort of fernish piney you know and I'm thinking oh that that could be a stencil that could be you know uh, glued onto a page it could be used as a paintbrush I mean I don't know just you know my brain was just starting to run around in circles as it does often and um you know, just kind of looking at things that, you know, just, just remembering that you're never going to run out of uh, new ways to try things, commonplace items that you find around your house every day. Um, you know, somebody came up with a great idea. I just read it. Um, she said, you know, if you're, if you've got glue dots, you can put them on the end of say a spool or something like that. And you can dip them into paint and make little paints or dip it into your, um, distress inks and make little, uh, circles with them and use them as uh, basically a rubber stamp. And I thought, gee, what a creative idea. You know, I mean, it just takes somebody sitting there thinking of that and wah, there it is an idea I never thought of before. So I am hoping that you are um, 
your ideas are starting to flow through you and I hope you're having a fabulous crafty day and you know where to find me um, I'm at the paper outpost on YouTube and I have an Etsy shop and an Amazon store and a free monthly email newsletter and all the links are below on the videos and I'd love to hear how you guys are doing so big hugs to all of you and I will be talking to you soon take care everyone bye <music>